Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Will you settle down? Are you going to stop being trouble? Shit. Never. Never. Why would he do such a thing? He keeps my life interesting. Mm. Um, Never be bored with a cat. Yes, so now that um, I finally got my audio sorted, I think I am keeping the mic in frame thing, um, okay. but now that I've got my audio sorted, um, Brooks has a new microphone that we're adjusting to, so <laughs> we're doing great. Oh, new to me. New to you, yes. She got my old microphone, because here's one now. Um, do we want to start with any potential tales from our past weekend of hanging out, or should I dive right into my insane hyperfixation rant? Tales. What kind of tales were you thinking? I don't know. Anything you feel like was worth telling? Hmm. (laughs) Well, you did paint my fingernails black while you were drunk, so there's that. And I see you've already taken it off. Well, it was, like, horrifically chipped. <laughs> Oops. You only put on the one coat. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and so I actually just took it off a couple hours ago. Cute. It was it was looking pretty rough. I tried. Um, so that was interesting. I loved the, the midnight pizza was an excellent move on your part. I'm just there laying on the couch, and then you're like, oh, the pizza. I'm like, the what? Because you definitely said it to me, but I was not paying attention. Well, all I said was, if I got some pizza, would you want some? And I was like, yeah, kinda. And then, like, 40 minutes went by. And I was like, (laughs) oh, that that happened. I remember saying, um, so I ordered a pizza, and it's here. (laughs) Proud of us. Yeah. Hi. Lovely. You know, sometimes, like I was saying at the time, I feel like pizza is better when it's unexpected pizza. That did, it wasn't even like particularly great pizza, but that did hit really hard. Yeah, because it was just like, if you show up at a place and you didn't think there was going to be pizza and they're like, hey, there's pizza, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, or it's like the best thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah, or like if you didn't like plan on ordering it, but you just suddenly had a hankering and then you ordered it, it's like that much better. I would agree. Um, so midnight it just felt like the time. It did feel like it, you know, and it worked out. It was delightful. But uh-huh. um, as I'm sure you surmised from the things that I sent you on Twitter this morning, um, uh-huh. 
Yeah, I, I hope you didn't think that you were escaping hearing about this in a, like, not just over, like, Twitter DMs. Um, things are happening in, in the world of Ghost, which is very exciting, because apparently, uh, overnight, in LA, this gigantic billboard popped up, which is just a picture, like, it's just a black and white photo of Copia, and it says, Jesus is coming. That's it. Could that be potentially them teasing a new character for him? Hmm. There are several theories, and this is where the rant part comes in. There are several theories, because it kind of- and, like, I'm gonna be linking all this shit. Because in the picture, it kind of looks like both of his eyes are white now, instead of just the one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what does that mean? And some genius on Twitter also pointed out that in the most recent uh, Message from the Clergy EP, um, the art that they have on the front is, like, it's like this old, like, Roman coin- but instead of whatever emperor or whatever, it's Copia. And somebody pointed out, it's like, oh, maybe, like, there's theories that, like, maybe Copia's going insane. Um, but then somebody pointed out, oh, on that artwork, his eyes bleeding. So, like, yeah. what does that mean? <sighs> and I just... Yeah, what, is it, what does it mean? I'm, like, kind of afraid for my life. <laughs> I'm afraid for his life. Hard to say. Hard to say, indeed. I cannot imagine yeah. being, like... A really big ghost fan and like you just like imagine like that happens to be the street that you like pass every morning on your way to work or whatever and like you're a really big ghost fan heart attack <laughs> just yep yeah instant death yeah so that's something that i'm both excited and scared for i think that was probably the intended effect probably it's like why else would they just put that up with no explanation what's just throwing me in particularly is like the Jesus is coming because I've seen two theories that I really like one of which is that instead of the Antichrist Copia is the false prophet which has some pretty solid evidence as far as I'm concerned because um it's like oh the false prophet will be like he'll be likable which like I would say he definitely is he's probably one of the most popular characters that the band has introduced thus far um he'll have the mark of the beast his number will be like six you know six 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 and there's um, a mural from one of their stage setups that were like can you not on the printer no oh when I left I told him I'd see him tomorrow on, on the, the pod well, you did <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway yes go to your bean bag but yeah there's a mural on one of the stage setups where Copia canonically has a tattoo that is 666 and there's like, oh, he'll have like dragon, like something associated with the dragon. And there's a point in some of the sets where he wears fucking dragon slash bat wings on one of his jackets. I just, I'm afraid for my life. I'm afraid for his life. I don't know where this is going. And I'm going to be really sad if like, I have just kind of like found my footing in this like fandom and like gotten attached to the character that's like fronting it now only to have him ripped away as soon as I'm like, yeah, this guy's great. How often does he change characters? Uh, like, every album... Mm -hmm. Technically every album, although Cardinal Copia and Papa Emeritus IV are technically the same person, just with a different rank. Mm -hmm. But other than that, every album. And I'm also wondering if, like, 
could Antichrist, my theory, or like the thing that I screamed on Twitter very excitedly, it's like, what if Antichrist Copia resurrects Primo Secondo and Terzo? Hmm. I'll lose my mind. I'll lose my mind if I'm correct. I don't think I am, especially in light of having seen the false prophet and Antichrist theory evidence. But man, that'd be fun. And I am now seeing in my camera that I... Hold on, I have to fix something. <laughs> Idiot hours. Anyway, um, I don't expect you to have opinions on any of the things that I just said, but I wanted to say them because I'm really excited. Yeah. Can't say that I have particular thoughts not having any um, attachments to any characters or anything. Yes, I did make Brooks listen to several Ghost albums over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'm sorry, but I'd be lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, stay tuned to watch my descent into madness as things develop. Alright. Um... And now we get to talk about one of the thing, one of the, like, I guess an officially sanctioned conversation about something that we did over the weekend. We saw a movie together, which I think for, like, for the first time ever, like, went to a movie theater together? Actually, you might be right. I never thought about it. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, that is weird. But that's what happened. Yeah. Do you want, do you want to take the lead on this one or shall I? Take the lead? Yeah, with the conversation. <clears throat> I feel like you probably have stronger opinions. I don't know that I do, is the thing. We saw Skinamarink, mm -hmm. which was fucking weird. Don't think that's going to be a shock to anybody. Which, per the article I sent you earlier, made 60 times its budget <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, because what did it cost? Like... $15,000, which like is a lot of money, but also isn't, especially when you're talking about a, like a full length yeah. movie. Yeah. Can you imagine that kind of return on investment? Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, you know, nothing but good things for, for my man, uh, Kyle Edward Ball, who like did just about everything. Mm-hmm. To the point where there were no credits at the yeah, end. The, well, actually, technically, you did miss, like, the, like, two minutes of... Like, they did all the credits... They got all the credits out of the way in the opening, because there were so few. Yeah. But, um... I guess the one-sentence synopsis I would give to anybody who hasn't seen this, and if you haven't seen this, honestly, I would say turn this episode off and... you If you haven't seen it and you want to, turn this episode off and go watch it, because we're gonna get into spoiler territory. But mm -hmm. the one-sentence synopsis for anyone who doesn't really care to go see it uh, would be these two kids wake up in the middle of the night and find that their father is missing and all of the doors and windows that lead out of their house are just gone. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's it. There you have it. It's <laughs> a very simple premise. And frankly, I can, I've seen people getting very salty about it and like feeling kind of like cheated by the whole experience mm -hmm. of watching it, which like, if it doesn't work for you, then it just doesn't work for you. 
but it I am still thinking about it, which in yeah. my mind is a good thing. Like, if anything makes a lasting impact on you, whether or not that impact is good or bad, it kind of has to mean something. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to a theater to see something that has been described as an experimental horror film... And you come out of it pissed that there's no, like, clean, like, resolution, I'm gonna say that's on you. Yeah. I mean, I expected it to be kind of weird and to use techniques that you don't typically see, right? Because, like... There's very little dialogue in the whole thing, and it's, like, all whispered. Yes, yeah, super minimal dialogue. Some of it, yeah. like, you can't even tell if it, it... Like, there's points where it's like, is someone speaking, or is this just, like, weird noise yeah. distortion? Yeah, and they have to use subtitles a lot because of that. They have to use subtitles a lot, and I'm still trying to figure out if there was any rhyme or reason to, like, why certain things were subtitled and why certain things weren't. Yeah. And you I also don't, don't really see anybody's face in the whole thing. You see one single face, but it is a face, like, that does not have eyes or a mouth. Well, yes. That's like, clearly deep that's in the, curious. like, sort of surrealist. Yeah. I think only, like, the first third of the film is grounded in any sort of reality, I would say. Yeah. The last, like, two-thirds, very experimental, very surrealist, very, very out there. Um mm-hmm. Oh, one of the things that I sort of found myself thinking of later was that it re- there were a couple things that reminded me of um, some things that David Lynch does, where he, uh, the camera like lingers on an inanimate object that is giving off some sort of like droning sound, some sort of background hum, and just sort of lets and like boosts that sound beyond like what it would be like in a natural environment. And just sort of like lets you make of that what you will like the shot of the there's a couple shots in like early episodes of twin peaks and i think in the pilot where he just like has the camera like tilted up at this weird angle at a ceiling fan and he just mm-hmm. like has the sat like the drone of the ceiling fan like cranked all the way up and it's just the effect that it has is kind of like shocking for how simple it is because you're like, like this is like weird this is uncomfortable Mm-hmm. And there were several points while I was watching where I was like, this feels very familiar. And that's why. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I think, I feel like they kept <clears throat> having that kind of focus on, I think it was a hallway? Mm-hmm. Like, or a door frame, something like that, where I kept thinking, I was like, I feel like we're supposed to be seeing something in the darkness right there. Yeah, the entire film takes place, like, in my mind... It takes place in the, like, three seconds between, like, when you would dart from your bedroom to your parents' bedroom when you woke up in the middle of the night as a kid and you were freaked out. And, like, as a kid who, like, you know, um, undiagnosed anxiety, but as a kid who would, like, frequently lay awake at night just, like, convinced that something bad was going to happen... They captured that feeling so well of just like staring into the dark and like being like i don't think there's anything there but like what if there is well that's why i think you know because they say in the toward the beginning of the movie when the dad's on the phone that you know um kevin the boy had fallen down the stairs and you know hit his head and so to me i think he probably this is all him laying in bed like half awake half asleep and just kind of like 
you know, dreaming slash imagining these things. Because I feel like that was always what scared me as a kid when I'd be like partially asleep, but I could see my room because I was also partially awake. Yeah. And I was convinced I saw something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And like, oh, what the hell else was I going to say? Oh, and there's some, like, phenomenon where the human brain will, like, pick faces out of kind of, like, meaningless patterns. And the entire film has a, like, I'm certain that it's, like, actually shot on, like, like physical film just because of the amount of, like, film grain that there is. But it's definitely, like, amped up in post to just an absolutely insane degree. Like, the entire... And you said you thought it might be, like, an, like, an overlay of, like, rain like, superimposed over every shot, but, like, to the point where even when you are looking at, like, a completely, like, black screen, like, the whole thing is, like, moving. And there were so many points where I was, like, am I just picking out something? Or, like, is, like, or, like, is that a... Which, like, again, is, like, the whole point of, like, the entire thing just, like, staring into the dark and being, like, is there something there? Because I was, like, am I... Like, is that a face? Or am I just picking that out of the randomness yeah i mean to me if if you look at the way it's moving even on a black screen like it looks like it's going down like all the movement kind of like little things are moving down and maybe this is just like difference like you know little differences in how people perceive things but like it kind of looked like it was like boiling almost to me like i could see like Mm -hmm. convection circles interesting yeah but it also it also sounded like rain because it had that static over everything it just sounds like day yeah and there was one point in the middle of it where it seemed like oh just like this normal amount of rain and then all of a sudden it got really intense and you could actually see like water drops bouncing from the bottom of the screen Hmm. i kind of i really wish i had this so i could like study it yeah like as much as i wouldn't necessarily describe the experience of watching it as like enjoyable i do Mm. want like i want to kind of like comb through it again yeah yeah, I mean, it was very slow-moving. That's kind of the idea of it. But... Yeah. Again, I think they're... Oh, I thought I still had seltzer left. Big sad. Um, anyway. Um, I mean, it hasn't been marketed, like, a ton. It's kind of just, like, finding who... It's, like, finding its audience through, like, if you are already into this, like, weird experimental type stuff, then, like this will make its way to you eventually like through the grapevine or like you know if you're the type of person who is already like subscribed to like it's a shutter original so like if you're a horror fanatic you're probably already subscribed to shutter like so you'll hear about this but yeah i just mm. something always and again if something if film just doesn't work for you then it just doesn't work for you but it does always annoy me when i hear people like when people need something to happen, almost. I don't know, which is such a weird way of, like... I don't know. I don't even necessarily know what I'm trying to say. I just get really annoyed when people are like, oh, like, nothing really happened. Like, is it not enough for you to just experience this? Like, does it have to, like, does this have to do something? I think that's what we've been conditioned to expect, though. Yeah. Like, you know, stories, you start with your exposition, you have the rising action, you know, the climax, and then the resolution and everything. And so if something doesn't follow that narrative pattern that we've been conditioned to expect all of our lives, it kind of feels dissatisfying sometimes. Yeah. 
You know, it, I think it's all based on that, like, schema that we build on our heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't but... know. I just, I am very much an appreciator of the film where absolutely nothing really happens. And yeah. I get salty when other people, when, when people, like, can't get anything from it. Uh, like everybody else that was in the theater with us? Oh my god. <laughs> the lights come up and I just hear several, what the? fuck what which like again if you came to this you should like i feel like you had to have some idea of what you were getting into yeah yeah nothing is the trailer it's like you can tell that this is deeply experimental from from the trailer alone because the trailer gives you nothing gives you absolutely nothing to work with other than like a vibe Mm -hmm. which frankly i think more trailers should do but that's just me personally but I think it captures the movie at the same time. Oh, 100%. Because so. the movie is really just a vibe. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really is just a vibe. And for some people, that's going to mean a lot. Like, I've heard people say that, like, you know, just on Twitter and stuff, people be like, oh, yeah, I watched this, like, you know, alone in my apartment on my laptop at 3 a.m. with all the lights off, and it was the most scared I've ever been in my life. And, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that making a huge impact. Yeah. I feel like that would make it um, probably scarier than it was in the theater, surrounded not surrounded by people, but there were other people. Yeah. I feel like it has to be one of those two, like, experiences. Like, you either have to see it, or, like, you either have to watch it alone in the middle of the night with all the lights off, like, on your laptop, headphones in, or you have to go see it in a theater. You can't, like, sit down in your living room with one lamp on. Yeah. Like, that's just, like, it. you are just not going to get the full experience it has to be one of those two extremes it has to be Mm -hmm. like in the most public viewing format possible or the most isolated viewing format possible Mm. that's my hot take yeah so yeah if you're open to a very weird um film experience if you like surrealism and experimental uh horror films or again if you really just want to make yourself super uncomfortable at 3 a.m um go check out skinamarink it is if nothing else it is something that you have not seen before i can promise you that and it'll give you a lot to think about and maybe you'll also fall down a rabbit hole of reading articles afterward Mm -hmm. All There's different nothing I love more than when I walk out of a movie and I'm just like, oh, I cannot wait to see what people have to say about this. Like, that is just like, just a whole new discourse for me to sink my grubby, sink my teeth into, get my grubby little hands all over it. Like that theory about it being a metaphor for child abuse? Yeah. Like, or at least I think people have said like it's sleep paralysis, it could be like yeah. child abuse or it could so I've heard someone say that like oh maybe like the kids parents are like going through a divorce and this is like the like sort of realization that like not everything's okay. Yeah. Or the one of the theories that the mother had passed away. Yeah. Fast, sort of I, I love whenever I walk out of a like or not even necessarily just like a movie like I love whenever I finish any like piece of media whether that's film tv finish a book and I'm just like ooh, now I get to see what everyone else thinks mm-hmm. 
that's a very that's a very fun moment for me that's a moment i like a lot yeah good talk <laughs> <laughs> as though we didn't talk about it just like a few days ago i mean we did but i think i brought up at least one thing that i didn't say i had to i had to sit on some things i don't know I think I did. Like an hour after the movie, sitting there on our phones, like looking things Just up. like sending shit. And also, just unrelated, I love the whole spoilers without context meme format. Yeah. It does not matter the movie. Like, I saw a couple for this one. And especially, like, whenever there's some. I'm fucking sick of them, but whenever there's some massive Marvel movie that comes out and everyone does, like, you know, XYZ spoilers, but without context, they're so. Every single time, they're so funny. I love that meme format. Please do not ever let it die. Anyway, moving along. Um, actually, this one... We're talking vaguely about childhood. That's what this kind of goes back to. Um, in When you were in, like, elementary school, middle school, possibly even high school, um, what color were... Um, each of your like subjects what like did, were, were you a color coding your folders kid because i certainly wasn't like all of my friends like everyone i knew growing up that's um, how yeah you have a different color like notebook or folder for each subject. okay yeah so what colors are the subjects well first of all what are our subjects we're talking science english science, english math, studies, math social studies i feel like we're missing something Gotta be more than four things, right? Did you have a music class? Probably. I guess it depends on what grade yeah, you're Yeah, and like, this is where we're gonna kind of split off a little bit, because, yeah, I don't know if there's another, like, universal like that. Yeah, so maybe we stick with those four. Yeah. Um, science is green. Well, yeah, because, like, trees and grass, like, what you would have in, like, a... Precisely. Oh, class, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That made sense science is green absolutely no room for argument here mm -hmm. math is red interesting do you have a reason for that i fucking hate math i was gonna say blue why and i think the reason is because in some math classes you use like the graph paper that has blue lines on it oh. and so i think i've kind of created that association plus it's sort of like a cold color and math is very like analytical. Red's like fiery and like passionate, which is oh, what... oh, holy shit! You had an art we oh, yeah. class. Yeah, there we go. True. Okay, so we have five now. Um, no, math was red, and I don't know why. Or like, I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I hate math. I'm angry at it. Red, and I mean, currently in my life, and this has been this way for a while. Like, black and red is my favorite color combination in the world. Like, it's I fucking yeah. love the color red but at the time yeah when i was color coding my school subjects that is what i did you know i used red for english because it was a much more like sort of um again like fiery passionate english sort of blue. Color. so we have our english and math flip-flop interesting very interesting um mm -hmm. i'm gonna say something controversial social studies was purple Why is that controversial? I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like maybe that'll cause controversy outside of the two of us. 
Okay. Okay. But yeah, social studies is purple. Actually, it's probably the color I would have used as well. Fascinating. Okay. Because I was not really a fan of yellow. And so the primary colors that I would have had would have been red, blue, green, and purple. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I ever had a like specific folder or notebook for like an art class. I think I did at one point, but that was the one where I always got like a pattern folder. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I got my extra fun spicy folder for my for art class. Well, I always all my folders always had patterns, like especially at elementary school, I had the Lisa Frank folders. Love it. <laughs> but my notebooks, I would have a separate notebook to take notes for each class, and those were the ones that had like the five star, you know, solid color. Oh, and this, I'm certain, is very unique to the school that I went to, but we took Spanish starting in, like, for, in like first grade. Um, Spanish was yellow. I think that's getting to be more common now than it used to be. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, that was, science is green, math is red, English is blue, social studies is purple, Spanish is yellow, um, art class gets the fun... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Pattern folder if I need one. Feels right. I mean, so we were pretty close, actually, except for the map. English thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. It just felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have when some I got to high school, I just started carrying around one single notebook and I would just like tear the page out and put it in a binder that was divided by subject. Oh yeah, I had um it was like a flexible binder. I forget what they're the called. Trapper keeper. 
No, no. A Trapper Keeper. Well, I actually did have a lot of those, like, in middle school. Hell yeah. Um, but no, I forget what it was called. It was a five-star product or mead, whatever. But it was like a binder, but it didn't have those hard rings and hard cover. It was like a softer cover, and the rings were flexible. And so the kind of cool thing about it... I don't know if I've ever seen one of these. Yeah, I can't remember what they called it. But you could have, like, a section for each class, so I would just add, you know, pages to each section as I needed them. And just carry the one. Yeah, that was that was the move. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had... I had a lot of, like, the zip-up trapper keepers, and I would just get the plain, like, five-star ones, and then we would draw and write on them with whiteout pens. I love it. That's so fun. Yeah. We'd, like, write on each other's. We'd, like, write, you know, so-and-so loves so-and-so, you know, and... Oh, my God, Yeah. I'm talking middle school, so... No, yeah, I, I, I got you. Sometimes I feel like my middle school experience was particularly weird because I went to such a small school. Like, I, th- there wasn't much of that. I feel like your school was bigger than mine. I was with the same 30 kids from first grade to eighth grade. How many did you graduate with? Like, my high, like high school? Yeah. 500? Yeah, I had 200. Yeah, but, I, again, the same 30 people, that was it, like, from first grade to eighth grade. Like, we had a graduation from eighth grade. Well, yeah, but I, I switched schools and everything, and yeah, we, we stayed with the same class in middle school, too. But I'm... you're around other people. There are other people in the school. Yeah, there are other people in the school, but, like... <laughs> And you go to lunch with and, you know, you see around that are part of clubs and things. Not it's not like you were siloed and you never saw other humans outside of the people in that room. Well, no, but again, my school was tiny. Didn't we just establish your graduating class was more than twice the size of mine? How many kids were in your school, like, in middle- like, did you have, like, a separate junior high? We had a middle school, yeah, that was separate from the high school. Yeah, nope. The K through eight was its own building, and then they just shipped us off to high school. My like quote unquote graduating class for eighth grade was thirty kids. Hmm. Then your high school must have had multiple middle schools feeding into it. Then yes, it did. Interesting. Yeah. But I got a hell of a lot of stories out of that whole experience, so honestly, I am grateful for it. Well, I was in Catholic school from preschool through fourth grade, where we had literally 15 kids. Nice. In the entire class, yeah. So, that was my experience for the most of my elementary school years. Love it. Anyway, um... We've got some visuals coming up. Right, just in the chat. Um, this is a. Here, you know what? What is the most efficient? 
Okay, yeah, let me just drag this over here so it's visible for the people real quick. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about this method for opening a package of bacon. I mean, so I've probably only made bacon like two or three times in my entire life. That's the saddest thing so, I've ever heard. Please continue. I'm just, not, I'm just not like super into bacon. Like, it's fine. Um, the only times I've ever made it was to like put it in a quiche or something. But it's just, you know, mm -hmm. not, my, not my favorite thing. Um, and it just, to me, is a pain to make because it's so, much, so greasy and uh, anyway. So, I don't have a ton of experience with it. However, this method where they've taken- This is the taken... first time I've ever seen this in my fucking life. This method where they've taken a package of bacon and essentially just cut the entire package in half. It makes sense if you want, like, littler, crispier pieces of bacon, I feel like. I mean, here's the thing. Technically, yes. There's something about this, however, that just, like, viscerally offends me from a visual standpoint. Like, everything about this just looks wrong. Yeah. Like, I could see it being a very efficient way of doing things if you want shorter pieces of bacon. But it's kind of like, yeah, you could eat a Kit Kat more quickly if you take a giant chomp out of it without breaking them apart first. But, but like, it's- that's illegal. It's upsetting. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. And it's Precisely. a similar thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like that this person who has made this Tumblr post has um, included this helpful little, like, chart of, like, this pie chart of reactions to their own post. Mm -hmm. And I am uh, fascinated. Like, I'm just so interested. Uh, reactions to my bacon opening methods, parentheses, subtitle, as recorded after 24 hours and just after the post hit um, a thousand notes. So, we've got 43.1% of reactions, rage, disgust, confusion, etc. And that splits off into a separate pie chart that we will get to. 24%, um, I've done this. Again, splits off into a second pie chart that we will get to. 15.4%, uh, I don't do this, but it's a good idea. 7.1%. Sure, why not? 6.5%. I know someone who does this. 2.5%. This is normal in the food service industry. Which, honestly, that makes sense to me if you have to cook mass quantities of, like, something that is... Especially if you gotta do, like, bacon bits for something. Um, like Or, like, yeah, shred it up to put in something. That makes sense. Um, and then 1.5%. This isn't normal, but it is funny. So, in the 24% I've done this slice of the pie, it breaks off into 4.6% um, I've done this, but with a knife. So this person used kitchen shears to cut this package of bacon in half, just like down the middle. 0.3%. Um, 3%. I've done this but in thirds. It's like that much bacon. Which again is bizarre, but also like, yeah, yeah. like bacon bits for like yeah. for stew? I don't know. Yeah, it's probably easier to do that when it's raw than when it's cooked maybe? I don't know. Probably. And then making up most of the 24% I've done this response, we have 18.9% I've done this with scissors, with kitchen shears. 
Um, <laughs> and then the 43.1% uh, slice of this pie, which is rage, disgust, confusion, etc., breaks off into an absolutely hilarious um, pie chart of further responses, which is as follows. 13.4% um, what the fuck. 6.1% why. 4% uh, this is unhinged. 4% something is wrong with you. 3.1% this is wrong. 2.7% <laughs> this is a crime. 2.4% uh, scissors exclamation point question mark. 1.8% um, frowny smiley face or like frowny text face. Oh yeah, angry, I almost missed that one. Angry frowny text face. Um, 1.2% this is as offensive as breaking spaghetti in half in front of an Italian. 1.2% can't you peel the package open? 0.9% do you wash the scissors? Of course, it's wrong. Another 0.9% your bacon expired over a year ago. And 0.6% I want to study you. How can they see the date on that package? I don't know here, let me try zooming in. Okay, it's not letting me. Yeah. I think it might be the way that this person's blog is formatted that I can't zoom in on that one, but um, yeah. yeah. Where do we fall? I honestly think I'd probably just be in the sure why not category. Okay. Um... Like, I can see reasoning for it. Okay, whatever. I think I'm gonna fall into the I, I want to study you. <laughs> Because I had never seen this before in my life, and I was like, what in the goddamn hell? So that puts you in the rage, disgust, confusion, etc. category, etc. Yeah. Like, I don't know if... I don't know if... I think it's confusion. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. again, I can see, like, you know, food service industry makes sense to me. I've never seen it before in my life, but alright. So that's why I would put myself in the I want to study you. Because I'm not, like... Seeing it the first time was viscerally upsetting. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? But now I'm just kind of- But now I'm like, yeah, I want to study. Like, I want to understand. This is bizarre to me. So. I'm surprised there's nothing in here about, like, just asking the person why they want their bacon in half. Because to me, that's the real question. I don't think you're wrong. Because if they have a good reason for wanting their bacon- like, cut in half, then this seems very logical. Yeah. Seems like a very convenient way to do it, because why would you cut open the package and then cut the bacon in half separately if you could just combine them? Yeah. And that way, you're yeah. smart. I guess that's what really matters. Why they want their bacon in shorter pieces than yeah, I mean, they're provided with. You know, it starts out very long, but, you know, when it cooks, it shrinks up. Yeah. I mean, so you're going to end up with pretty small pieces of bacon. And... Um, again... Maybe, maybe it is for incorporating into something. Potentially. But they basically, um, the way they put it was, I realized the way I open bacon is probably not normal, meaning that 
this is the way that they always do it. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. So it's not like a one-time thing, like, hey, I had this idea and I wanted to see if it was normal. It was like, wait, it just occurred to me that this way I open bacon might not be normal. Yeah, if you're opening every single package of bacon like that, like, just to, like, make your, like, bacon and eggs or, like, make a side of bacon with your pancakes or whatever, that's weird. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that that's the implication. That's, again, I still am firmly in the I want to study you camp, but ever so slightly, like, closer to, like, no, that's weird rather than just confusion. Yeah, I like at the very bottom of the post that it's, I think we've all done something very important here. Thank you for your input. <laughs> and then the hashtags on the bottom, there's an LOL, OMG, and then I like the pie charts, though. Good stuff. Hashtag. Yeah, every now and again, I really do miss Tumblr. Like, there's, it's, something about it just gives it a different flavor than various other social media sites, and I really couldn't put my finger on why precisely. But this is a good example of things I feel like you don't get on other websites. Anyway, um, our final mm -hmm. discussion point uh, comes from the Bird app. Involves another link that I am sending you right now. Oh, here we go. Um, this is from a Twitter account that I love dearly at Caucasian James. Um, and the tweet reads, thusly, will be linked for audio listeners, um, I call this a couch coffee. It might look weird, but as long as you're confident it won't spill, you should be able to place a cup of coffee right next to you on the couch. Hope everyone gets the chance to enjoy a couch coffee soon. And the accompanying photo is just a picture of a mug of coffee sitting next to a person on a leather couch. Yeah, um, I'm gonna come right out and say that I do this. My first thought was, this person doesn't have pets. I have pets and I still do it. Nothing bad has happened yet. Will that come back to bite me in the ass? Very possibly, but nothing bad someday, has happened yet. Someday Oliver's gonna come bolting in and jump right up on the couch next to you and there will be tea everywhere. You know what, and when that day comes, that's just something I'm gonna have to deal with. But, um, yeah, I do just rest my mug of tea on the couch right next to me. Um, often- And you love it? Yeah. Cause here's the thing, if I'm playing video games and I have two hands on the controller, sometimes Oliver is in my lap. So like, if I were to put- and if I'm like dead center on the couch, cause I live alone and I would like to be centered for my game playing, um, reaching for, like, putting it on, like, one of the end tables or on the ottoman, like, I'm gonna be disturbing him every single time I move. So mm -hmm. I just put it next to me on the cushion. Again, nothing. Like, yeah. I think this is perfectly fine, and I think everyone who wants to should do it. Um... Free yourself from societal expectations. You can put your mug of beverage on the couch cushions. It's okay. I think some people need to realize their couch privilege. Explain. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting that sit for a moment. Like, like, this couch in the picture, as well as your couch, have kind of like... the word I'm searching for? Um... Like, firmer, more structured cushions. 
I mean, yeah, like, you can't do couch coffee on a beanbag. Well, no, but, like, my couch is much softer and not as, like, structured and even. And it actually kind of tilts slightly. I think you could accomplish a couch coffee, but... My couch... You've experienced this, you sort of roll toward the back of the couch. Yeah, but you, you have that, uh, like, straight... You have that, like, ottoman piece. But that's not a couch, that's an ottoman. What about the love seat? The love seat is... Could, a... I think you could accomplish a couch coffee on the love seat. The love seat is a bit <clears throat> um, more structured because it's not as ridiculously wide. Yeah. Um, but I don't ever sit there. Because it's, you know... Not really the best angle for the TV. Have I just been kicking you out of your spot every single time I've come to hang out of your apartment? The spot I always sit in. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, when you're a guest, you get to sit whatever you want. Sit wherever you want. Um, That's fair. Um, yeah, so I, um, but I pretty much always have at least one blanket on the couch because I'm perpetually cold regardless of how my beer. Um, and sometimes while I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, Nyx comes and lays in my lap. And so then I don't want to, like, lean anywhere to put the mug down, so sometimes I'll sort of, like, nestle my empty mug in the blanket so it doesn't fall over and wait till her like, till she wakes up and moves before I get up and move my mug. So there is that. Yeah, I'm very pro, um, couch coffee, couch tea, couch hot chocolate, couch beverage. Yeah, no, it it's has just to be in a mug, though. You can't just be out here putting, like, raw-dogging a glass on your couch. That's wrong. And, like, I don't know well, why. Maybe a stable. Yeah. Because glasses about... tend to be taller. Yeah, yeah. Something about the the sort of short, sturdy nature of the average mug, plus the fact that there's a handle, it just makes the whole thing feel safer. Well, and usually they're, like, weightier at the bottom, because yeah. they got, like, they're made of ceramic or whatever. Yeah. And they have, like, the, the sort of, like, sort of like a lip on the bottom of them in a way a lot Sometimes of them do. Sometimes they even you know? have little feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sturdy little buddies. Were you about to say sturdy little bastards? I was gonna say buggers, and then I was like, who am I? And so I changed midstream. Oh, well. Boom, but sturdy little bastards. <laughs> what? Sturdy little buggers. I love that for us. Um, Yeah, I think couch coffee is perfectly normal. I think more people should do it. Um, I think you should free yourself from the expectations don't of society and others. But I don't get what's supposed to be better about it or desirable about it you don't have to reach for your beverage it's just right there but depending on where you're sitting like you might not really have to do that you might not but again if i'm sitting dead center in my couch got the got the kitty on my lap playing video games don't want to like want as minimal movement as possible couch mug Couch mug is the most elegant solution in that in that situation. Hmm. My mind went away for a minute there, but 
because <laughs> I was thinking about I was thinking about I was like wait but I was just sitting in your living room drinking tea with Oliver in my lap the other day yeah but you were in the chair I was in the chair yeah but then I started thinking about that tea and then I was thinking about how I have to run errands tomorrow and thinking oh maybe I'll go, go over to Trader Joe's and get some of that tea. tea yeah and so I, I went through that whole series of thoughts and then realized I was just sitting here not talking <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. I, I mean, gotta go yeah, get. You recovered it though. Yeah. What a what a great uh, you know set of errands for tomorrow. That like okay, I'm gonna start off by going and getting some tea, pick up a prescription, and then go buy some frozen mice. That's my. Oh, fun! So it just gets more like it gets. Uh, I'm gonna say progressively more unhinged. Yeah. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh... I'm allowed to say that I'm crazy and not normal for being mentally ill, because I'm the one who's mentally ill. <laughs> I was about to say, there's normal reasons that you could be picking up a prescription, too. There are. I'm and, like, that's obviously not what I mean. Yeah, I'm picking up my lady pills. <laughs> I don't know why I like to call them that. I had a boyfriend in college who used to refer to everything having to do with the female productive reproductive system as lady whatever. And I've just always liked- I don't it's know why. It's kind of funny. I, yeah, like, I've a, just done it ever yeah, since. I'll give him that one. It's a little bit funny. Well, and plus, I don't like to call them birth control pills because that's only one of the functions that they're used for. Yeah. You know? Because uh, they're, <laughs> they're basically used as a panacea for everything wrong with a woman. So... <laughs> But like some people, if you got real bad acne, sometimes yeah. it helps. Yeah, so that's why I just call them lady pills. I love it. Um, as is your right. But no, I just think really, like, again, slowly becoming more unhinged as your errands go on. It's like picking up tea, picking up my crazy person meds, buying frozen rats. Well, I've already got my crazy person meds. I don't need those. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's <laughs> had that weird moment where I was like, wait, there's normal reasons that you could go to a pharmacy. Yeah, that's a normal reason. It is a normal reason, but like, you know what I mean. Like, you, you under like, the joke I'm making is clear, correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm doing Because you automatically assumed unhinged because you assumed it was mental health related, and you were like, oh, it doesn't have to be mental health related. Precisely, and, um, again... We can roast ourselves like this because we're the ones dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, what a what a day it'll be. Just what a day it'll be like indeed. That. But hey, at least you'll have tea at the end of it. After that's true. Your I, yeah, that's why I figured I'd like do all that first thing in the morning, and then I get to to come home and make a cup of tea, and then work. Rip. Yeah. Classes start next week. Oh God, good luck. <laughs> have fun fixing your sleep schedule oh man dude i got myself to sleep at 10 30 last night because oh i was who is she wiped out right and I then i woke the feeling up that this is not gonna have as good of an ending as i'm hoping it does i woke up at, at 5 30 in the morning and i was like this is kind of early and i only slept seven hours i could use a bit more and i was like i'll go back to sleep for like an hour Insert Spongebob Squarepants frame. Three and a half hours later. Three and a half hours later. <laughs> yeah, so I slept like ten and a half hours. I mean, and... if you're that tired, you do need it. 
Yeah, but I... But the point being that I slept late today, which means I might have trouble going to bed at a decent time tonight. And the cycle might just start over, so... <sighs> yeah, Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need some, some tranquilizers or something just... <laughs> Hit myself with a blow dart. Okay. <laughs> I think there might be steps you can take before that, but that's a good, like, plan, like, D. I can't help it. I'm thinking about Ace Ventura, Pet Detective 2, When Nature Calls. Why are you thinking about that? Because there's tranquilizer blow darts in that movie. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I haven't seen that movie. Terrible reference. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Noted. Uh -huh. um, well, I think your fucked up sleep schedule is a good place for us to leave this episode. Um, tune back in next week to see if she fixes it. She probably doesn't. Because, well, uh, yeah, for this time next week I'll have been through my first day of classes. And so <laughs> yeah, but first day doesn't mean anything. Well, no, because I'll have to get up early that morning. So Yeah, but you still could have gone to bed at a ridiculous hour the night, like, the night prior. Yes, but I should be so exhausted that hopefully I'll... Okay, great, so I'll make sure that I do most of the talking next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You'll just have to come back and find out. Alright, um, as always, uh, thank you for fighting with us, friends. We appreciate each and every single one of you, and uh, we will see y'all same time, same place next week. Adios. This week's episode of the Fighting with Friends podcast was hosted by Bridget Kelly and Dr. Sarah Brooks. You can find other episodes of the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your other favorite listening platform. Follow us on Twitter at BridgetKelly98 and at AndSarahSaid. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, like, comment, and subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch and Facebook, and join our Discord community using the links in the description. You can also help support us via the ACAST supporter feature, or consider donating to our Patreon for early access to episodes and fun bonus content. Thanks for listening! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.